Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. God is indeed a God of justice, and therefore we need to behave justly. And even though in some languages that word justice and the word righteousness is the same, many times in the scripture we see two different words being used for these two different concepts. Obviously, there's a relationship between them. When we execute justice, and that means that we put God's truth into action, God's judgment, meaning His perspective, his rules his instructions when we apply them to our life the circumstances we encounter our relationships with other when we live with justice the outcome of that is going to be righteousness righteousness is going to be achieved and that is what we're called to do i've shared with you many times that righteousness is inherently related to the kingdom of god that kingdom of of righteousness reflects the character of the king of kings and the lord of lords and therefore because he through his spirit dwells within us we are called to execute justice we are called to do righteousness and we are called to be instruments that manifest his glory realize that god is always glorious but his glory is seen in this world through the obedience of his people to execute justice and to do righteous righteousness and to manifest his presence in this world that's what we're called to do with that said take out your bible and look with me to the book of leviticus and chapter 19 the book of leviticus and chapter 19 now we began this chapter last week we did the first 12 verses and we're going to continue this week and what we have seen at the end of our study last week and what we're going to focus in on this week is god's standards his statutes his judgments in other words he's going to give us commandments in order to bring a godly order into our life into our homes into our communities into this world and we need to begin by affirming something and that is this that we acknowledge that god's order is what we should be seeking what should we be pursuing what should we be doing in order to bring about god's order just doesn't happen it is an outcome of the faithfulness the obedience and the implementation of his word and commandments in our lives and in the situations we encounter and this is what god and hear this this is what god is commanding us now to do there's never been a change 
in God's commandments in the sense that he has entrusted them to his people a covenant people in order to execute them for the purpose of bringing God's order and only when his order is being maintained will we benefit from his presence in a a situation and what do we learn here well look with me as i said to leviticus 19 and we're going to begin in that 13th verse where we see that it begins with a commandment of what not to do in fact many of the things that we're going to encounter in this section has to do with things that we ought not to do so there's two types of commandments commandments to do and commandments not to do meaning things that are violations and he says here look at verse 13 do not and the next word is a word of oppression and he simply says you shall not and in hebrew many times a negative commandment or for that matter a positive commandment is is seen grammatically in the future so it says you will do this or you will not do this but we understand it as don't do that it is something that should not be done he is commanding us and realize it's only when we are walking in his commandments are we going to experience unity with god i've shared with you again several times that the basic word for commandment mitzvah comes from a hebrew word whose origin speaks of togetherness working together and the key thought here is the hebrew word sevet which is a team it's a staff of workers that are participating together to accomplish a a specific objective and therefore it's the instructions of god we can say it differently his commandments that brings unity between the servants of god and god himself in other words it's our obedience that brings god's presence his power his provision into a circumstance into our lives so the commandments we are in desperate need of them we should cherish them god has given us commandments in order that it might go well with us and the only way that it can go well with us is if god is present in that that situation that he is leading our lives and influencing the situations we are encountering so god says here look again verse 13 do not oppress your friend now this word is a very significant word it appears many times in the scripture and i have shared with you the commandment you shall love your neighbor as yourself and this is that word re'acha that is your neighbor but it's a word that speaks about someone who you are endeared to now in one sense in the same way that god so loved the world we should be endeared to all people meaning we should be concerned for them we should want the best for them what is that the will of god and what this is saying is do not oppress that person whether we translate this word as a friend as a neighbor or as a a 
close individual to us this word can also be used for for a spouse at times and therefore it is a very significant word that teaches us that we are called to have a relationship with other people and those other people he says here do not oppress your neighbor and do not and the next word is a synonym for the word stealing meaning this there's a couple different words in the hebrew language for stealing for theft and this is one of them some would say that this has to do with stealing by force so we see two concepts here oppression and it's just not simply a a threat of oppression but it's an experience of being oppressed in the same way that this is just not losing something having something taken from you but taken by force you experience a loss and then he says and again when we look literally at the text the next word is kind of interesting because it's a word for lodging or spending the night we get from that same word in modern hebrew the word for a hotel now what it's saying is this he's speaking and he's talking about the activity of a worker someone who is employed so the activity of an employee why does an employee act well he acts because he wants a check he wants his payment and what the scripture is saying here is do not have lodge meaning don't have remaining at you the the payment of that worker that employee do not have it with you until the morning now this teaches us something and it's biblical remember messiah taught a parable about workers and at the end of the day those who worked received a payment that is normal it is biblical meaning this one of the commandments of the bible is that you pay a laborer for his work his activity his service at the end of every day now let me pause for a moment and deal with something that i spoke of not too long ago in romania and that was this we were talking about shabbat and one person said you know the verse that proves that the sabbath day has been changed to sunday is in first corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. now i totally reject what this one said because it's not scripturally sound meaning this this is the verse that paul is admonishing people to lay up your your offering your contribution your donation on the first day of the week and this one says here's the proof that that you are in the house of god on the first day of the week and and there you make your offering well realize something the first day of the week in biblical times and in many places still in this world it is a day of labor it's not set aside as a sabbath we ought not call sunday a shabbat and what paul is saying here and he's not talking about the normal offering that someone would make in a congregation each week 
that's not the context read first corinthians chapter 16. he's talking about something very different he's talking about the fact that he's coming and when he comes he doesn't want people at the last minute thinking about what should we give what does he say when i come to you that there'll be no collections why people have already set aside their donation and that donation is not for the local congregation read the context paul is going to jerusalem so it's for the the widows the orphans for the temple it is an offering that is being taken to jerusalem and what he says is you need to give in a torah fashion what does that mean well for example when you tithe you tithe the first of the flock and therefore because a person works that first payment he should set aside from that first day what he's going to give not wait until the end of the week and he finds out what he didn't use what's left over what he can afford no you give by setting aside from the first day of your payment you set it aside showing a priority for god so this is what it's saying here do not hold back the labor the payment for that labor from an individual until the next day that you have to give it at that that time of of the workday being over now look if you would to to verse 14. do not curse a deaf person now obviously we know a deaf person couldn't hear if someone says something bad to them curses them they wouldn't know and therefore the scripture says you don't do that that's just not a nice thing to do secondly when when you are doing something to an individual and you are exploiting their deafness or as we'll see in a moment their blindness in order to mock them that is humiliating them and that's not what we're called to do we're called to be an edifying influence in the life of others to build them up to bless them so he says here look at verse 14 do not curse a deaf person and before a blind person do not place a a stumbling block he couldn't see that therefore if you put it there in front of him he will fall and he will get hurt now cursing a deaf person is as i said mocking it's to humiliate it is an emotional attack whereby putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person can injure them and what do we learn here don't harm people emotionally spiritually internally and secondly don't harm them physically both of these things are being spoken of here to teach us two different examples for two different truths that we are being commanded concerning it says at the end of this verse verse 14 why we should behave in this matter why he says and you shall fear your god then he continues it says i am the lord now two different words for for god we have elohim and we have that term yud hey vav hey 
referring to the Lord. Why two names in this context? Well, first he wants to remind us, and that is our God, he uses that word Elohim, relating to a God of judgment. This is something that we need to see. Recently, my wife and I, we were in Sweden, and we met a very nice individual. But I would offer to you that he was theologically confused. Why? He said, I cannot accept a God who punishes, a God who gets angry, a God that does anything other than love someone and acts to bless them. Well, that's not the biblical God. That may be the God that he likes. That may be the God that he wants to worship, but that's not the scriptural God. Our God is a God of anger at times. Our God is a God of punishment. Our God is a God of wrath. That's the biblical God. And we need to understand that. So here it's revealing as a way of discouraging someone from harming another person that our God holds that person accountable. You put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. You curse a deaf person. You do such things. God is going to judge you. And why? He is the Lord. What does that mean? That name of God refers to God who transcends. So don't think that you can escape. Don't think that you can tolerate the punishment of God or his wrath. God is greater than you. God knows how to bring judgment, chastisement, and when necessary, his destruction upon an individual. Move on to the next verse, verse 15, where he says, Lo tasu avel. What's avel? Avel is a word that speaks of that which is unrighteous, that which is unjust that which perverts righteousness so we are commanded here realize a lot of negative commandments those things not to do and he says here do not and we could translate it and understand it maybe better with the phrase do not pervert justice don't behave in any way that is unrighteous so do not pervert justice in and it makes it very specific here in judgment now there are those who are judges there are those who make decisions and there's a lot of of people that are in authority and what he's going to tell us here is do not show partiality don't make a judgment a decision about someone behave in some manner to someone because of some external reason what he says is don't pervert justice in judgment when you exercise authority and he says do not lift up one who is poor meaning this just because someone is poor doesn't mean they're right now a great example of this i hear all the time people siding with the palestinians because they feel well they are poor israel is much stronger militarily and such financially and such therefore god's this on the side of the underdog where's that found in the scripture god's not on anyone's side 
but his own and if you want to be on his side then you need to do justice you need to behave righteously you need to implement his word when we go against the things of god god will stand against such a person whether they be wealthy or whether they be poor so he's saying here don't show favoritism simply because one is in a meager financial situation it uses that hebrew word dal which is someone who is basically destitute so don't show favoritism to the poor and do not and the next word tehadar which is act in a a favorable manner now the word hadar has to do with something that is splendid or glorious and again it's simply another term which means to bestow extra kindness in a a magnanimous way upon someone because this one is and we use the term gadol before someone who is great just because someone is big and that's literally what that word means we can translate it great or large but it simply means someone who's big what does that mean well he may be big because of some uh celebrityness some wealth some reason that he's considered big in society and the word of god says do not show partiality to him do not do something and show him extra splendor simply because of who he is what does what does the word of god commands us now it's a positive commandment what to do he says in righteousness basetic in righteousness you will judge your and it uses a different word remember that word we talked about a moment ago for your neighbor or your friend well this is a word that's probably best translated in the concept of a colleague or an associate and here again in the biblical language it simply means someone that you are associating with someone that you have some type of connection to some relationship it may be business it may be because you live close together like a neighbor but it's a general word which means someone that you are in association with in some way verse 16. now we see another negative commandment where he says do not now it's in the future you will not meaning this is improper behavior now one of the things that we should do is that we should be wise enough to say god i need your instruction in my life i don't left to myself without your revelation i don't make good decisions in fact with a apart from god's truth his word his instruction we make sinful decisions left to ourselves. And something that we, and it's just a human tendency, we tend to gossip. What does that mean? We tend to talk about others with other people. And many times those things are not appropriate to share. And we call that gossip. And this is what it's speaking of in this verse. Look at verse 16. He says, and do not go gossiping now it means do not go telling things about other people and the implication is in a way that is going to put down or make someone else think less of that 
person so do not go about gossiping among your people and do not stand and we have the next phrase al dam dam is associated with life it's literally the word blood but do not stand and the implication is against blood meaning don't stand against flesh and blood an individual and do so and it says the blood of and it uses that same word re'echa, your neighbor your friend i am the lord now when it says don't stand concerning blood meaning don't participate in something that is going to affect the well-being of someone else now this is going to be very interesting because he's going to tell us something that maybe at first reading we think in conflict it's not here's the principle we're coming to this in a moment that verse that we all know love your neighbor as yourself what's the implication to that behave in a way towards others that is going to bless them help them be a positive influence what does that mean be an influence in the life of other people to move them to assist them to help them find god's will and do the purposes of god that's what we're called to do that is being a blessing so he says here look very carefully at the text verse verse 17 where he says and do not hate your brother in your heart so don't hate someone well we're talked about love someone we're coming to that but what does loving demand well notice how this verse continues what does that mean it means rebuke and the word rebuke repeats twice so we would translate this utterly rebuke or surely rebuke your brother why first of all it says don't go about with hate in your heart for your neighbor and and what does that imply well sometimes and we see this i remember my wife telling me about an experience that she had in high school and what happened was this she was kind of lamenting to a friend you know my my mom and dad won't let me do this my mom and dad doesn't allow this my mom and dad uh uh, oppose that and i have to follow them and this other girl said wow i wish my parents loved me enough to tell me no now what her situation was this other girl her parents whatever she wanted to do good or bad they didn't care and that's the point and therefore when it says don't hate your brother in your heart rather rebuke meaning have enough care and consideration to speak truth if they're doing something that is uh harmful something that is going to be negative in their life speak with them about them don't just stand idly by and just let them walk into trouble making poor decisions doing those things and here's what's happening and i've said this before but i want to repeat it now and that is how there is growing a a change there's a growing change in the concept of hate speech 
now we should not say hateful things and we should not uh, uh bring about violence upon someone else and we should not want to speak in a way that's going to hurt someone just like we learn do not uh uh curse a deaf person well it can also be applied don't say something harmful and and mean-spirited to someone who can hear you either so the point is we want to be a good influence a blessing in the life of someone and that means at times that we have to rebuke that rebuke comes in love that rebuke is a word that's really a word that is trying to bring about a proper a good change we see someone walking in the wrong way and we want to turn them away from danger and when we don't do that and when we sit idly by what happens we are actually demonstrating hate now here's the point the word for hate can be understood as thinking little of we can say that differently not caring so someone is involved in a lifestyle decision a behavior that is against god's word and we know is harmful god's word teaches us what's best that's what we should strive for so someone is making a lifestyle decision against god's word and we say this is wrong this is not right behavior what's happening today is this if you don't affirm someone's behavior oftentimes sinful behavior they want to call that hate speech it is not it's actually showing love the bible reveals something very different look at the scripture verse 17 do not hate your brother in your heart the implication is don't hate them but when the time's right when the situation calls for it you shall surely rebuke your your associate your your friend why and do not he says lift up concerning him a sin don't place upon him sin meaning don't be an influence for him to live in sin what should we want to do being influenced to turn that person away from sin we want to be a vessel of repentance what is repentance repentance is turning towards god we want to be an influence for people turning away from sin and turning towards god and you can never turn towards god unless you're willing to turn from sin so this is not hate speech this is really showing how to love how not to hate you have to rebuke people at times look now to verse 18. he says here again a negative one do not and the implication is exert or execute vengeance now this word implies getting even i've been harmed in my mind or i've been insulted or i've been treated in a way that i don't like and therefore i act against that person i want retribution i want revenge this is not what we're about remember the scripture vengeance is mine god can do that we are not equipped to do that people say well we will judge the angels yes we will but not today 
and not in this body and not in this world that is something that happens after we become that 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 new kingdom creation with that new kingdom body after the rapture that's when that judgment will go on not now so we need to get things straight in regard to the timing he says do not execute vengeance and do not keep and this is a word it's a different word but in the context it's implying don't hold on to a grudge let it go now when we hold on to a grudge what is it going to produce i guarantee it when you hold on to a grudge when you're unwilling to forgive you are going to become bitter and that is it is going to change you when you are unwilling to forgive unwilling to be merciful unwilling to be gracious the outcome of that is that you're going to become a bitter individual and that means you're not going to enjoy life you're not going to enjoy relationships with other people so what he commands us here look again carefully at the text he says verse 18 do not hold on to and the implication is a grudge against against your people but rather and it's either or you're either going to hold on or you're going to be loving your neighbor as yourself why do we do that they deserve it doesn't say that do it because god says i am the lord i transcend all things i trump everything so we are called not to hold on to grudges but to act in love what does that mean act in a way that's best for someone else and here's the principle the measure that we measure with will be measured back to us so when i lose my own pride and i behave humbly and i stop thinking about self and i think what is the best for that person when a person behaves according to what is right according to god's will for a person's life you become a blessing a help to them what's happening is god's going to go to work in your life to bring about a change his type of change in you so as you influence others for the will of god god is going to work in order to bring his will into your life this is what he's promising here now look at verse 19 my statutes you will keep meaning keep my statutes and then he says your animals do not breed and the next word kilayim this word is going to appear many times in the next verse or two and it shows a mixture so what it's saying here is don't crossbreed animals don't breed one animal type with another this is what's known as and this word kilayim is a word for a forbidden mixture so it's forbidden to do that this cross breeding of animals look again at the text in my statutes you shall keep your animal do not breed in a forbidden way in a mixture of one animal with another likewise your field do not sow and it uses that same word kilayim which is a a mixture 
of seats. And then we have a verse that most people know, but we, we interpret it oftentimes incorrectly, and it says, Uveget, that means a garment of a mixture. But what mixture? Well, we have another word, shatness. Now, here's the problem. People see this word, a forbidden mixture, and they don't understand what it means. And that is this. In a field, you can divide the field up and plant different varieties of crops. You can't sow intermingly, meaning you can't put the same uh, type of seeds, different types of seeds in the same field. Mix them up. We don't do that. And in that same way, he's talking here. We had the first example, don't mix animals when you breed them. And here it's talking about your clothes. It says, Uveget Kalayim. Shatnez. What Shatnez? Shatnez is a mixture. Hear that? A mixture of linen and wool. Now, here's what happens. People think, well, if I wear a wool pair of pants, I cannot wear a linen shirt. That is not the case. It is not talking about the inability to have uh, wool and linen upon you. It's talking about one garment, meaning this, that you blend them, that there's a garment that consists of linen and wool. We call that shotness. And that's what's forbidden. So if you have, for example, a tie that perhaps is made out of linen and you have a shirt that's wool, that's no problem. And, and some bring uh, cotton into this. Well, we'll put that aside. But let me just simply say, it is a specific mixture within the fabrics, putting the fabrics together, weaving them together. So blending them together, that's what is being forbidden in this verse. So a, a, uh, a garment of a mixture of linen and wool, wool do not put upon yourself verse 20. now in verse 20 we're seeing another uh commandment of what not should do and we're going to have to understand this properly because in order to to rightly understand what god is saying we have to remember something and that is this a slave loses benefits understand that And what do I mean by a slave? Someone who gets in debt, they cannot pay off their debt, therefore they have to become a bond servant. We are not talking about slavery that is practiced throughout the world. Sadly, even today, and slavery is growing throughout the world today, unfortunately. We're not talking about the slavery that that characterized the United States of America in the 16 17 and 1800s and on into on into discrimination even today but even more so in the the earliest early 20th century up until the civil rights legislation we're not talking about that type of slavery we're talking about someone who makes a business agreement receives a loan and cannot stand by that agreement therefore the man sometimes his entire family or a woman and sometimes her children 
they are brought into being made bond servants and with that there's a loss of benefits a loss of rights and what he says here look at verse 20 a man that will lay with a woman and we have a term shikvat zera which means we're talking about a sexual relationship lying with that objective and it says and she is a shifcha meaning and some bibles will say concubine it's not the word for concubine this is an entirely wrong way of understanding it's the word shifcha which is usually translated as simply a maidservant a woman bond servant and it says near chefet leish some will say betrothed to a a man it's not the word betrothed it is the word cherpa one of the nouns that comes from this root means disgraced or shamed and it's simply saying this woman has been shamed she has been humiliated why well she is never been redeemed we'll come to that in a moment she has put herself in this situation or her husband has put her into this situation or her father someone and now she has been enslaved as a bond servant a female bond servant to a man and that it says here as i mentioned redemption she has not experienced she has not been redeemed by the payment of redemption or has not been given to her her freedom what is it saying here that she has not been redeemed and she has not been been given freedom it means this that she is in that current state of a bond servant she is under the authority of another man she is in a humiliating situation because of some reason whether it's her father whether it's her husband whether it is uh, herself that she's in this and what happens well we find that a man has relations with her i spoke about the type of relation a moment ago and what does it say well notice be court tihie now be court is a word for criticism that's what it is now we can translate it i know some bibles say a scourge that's like a beating the word here simply means there's a punishment that is going to be placed upon placed upon the man who has done that now the woman's punishment is what she's experienced but the man is going to be punished for that act that's what the scripture is saying be court ta a punishment shall be but notice they shall not be put to death why because she is not a free woman if she was then the man would be put to death and if she agreed with the action she too would be put to death but because because she is a maidservant she is not afforded the same rights because of what has transpired in her life you say well what if she's not at fault that she's a maidservant because of her father's debt or her own debt what makes no difference there are consequences and this is what the scripture is saying when we sin when we do not behave properly 
we are going to be in a less desirable situation so this acts wrong make no mistake about it the word of god is not in any way lessening the wrongness of this action but it's saying here because of who she is or the state that she's in the benefit is not going to be as as pronounced she's not going to receive the same treatment verse 21 what should be done and he will bring his guilt offering he's guilty but it's him he will bring his guilt offering to the lord to the entrance of the tent of the meeting and what is that guilt offering it's a ram and the word here some will say trespass offering it's not it is the word ashem or asham in this case who ashem he is guilty and he brings a asham a guilt offering and it's a ram our last verse verse 21 and the priest will make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering before the lord concerning his sin which he sinned so make no mistake about it the implication is this she has very little rights as a maid servant and first and foremost this sin is is charged against him the one who committed it but in violation of whoever is the owner she's a bond servant whoever is her authority and therefore in this situation this one needs to acknowledge his sinfulness make a guilt offering and notice what the scripture says again verse 22 and the priest makes atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering before the lord concerning his sin which he sinned and only after this it says and his sin will be forgiven him which he has sinned now something that stands out is this over and over in this section it talks about his sin he is guilty he brings a guilt offering so in no way is this lessening the wrongness but because she's a maidservant she doesn't have the same benefits as a free woman and therefore his punishment is different and that she is going to be treated differently why again what's being emphasized here is the fact that when you become a bond servant you are in a less advantage you are in a less advantageous situation we don't want to behave in a way and make agreements that we cannot honor when we do we are going to be in a less than desirable position well i'll close with this god willing next week we will conclude this 19th chapter of the book of leviticus but until then my hope is that god will bless you that you will grow spiritually that you will be a godly influence on others and until we meet again shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. 
may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.